Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. Ha ha ha! I'm gonna your fucking ass! You don't got your playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people! I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody! Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. Well, rich baby. I would like to introduce. Welcome to the special edition of MMA for Money show. Here with your my special guest, the legend, MMA for Money himself, Prime, who's our mentor, who's taught us everything we know about uh, watching lines move, about betting. He's the one that hits all the NASCAR bets. The reason why I started following him on Twitter when he used to give out his free picks all the time and hit him like nobody's business. Still hits him like nobody's business, but you got to pay for those packages on MMAformoney.com. And when I mean hit big, dude, I mean plus two th- 2000s, plus 1600s, double plus 80s hundreds all the time so uh go get your packages over there and uh my man mma for money prime uh, can just speak for himself uh you know right now thanks for the warm welcome brother yeah it's been uh been doing this a long time over uh 20 years now from starting out on the message board side to uh making my own odds for mma back before anybody you know um was doing it then uh back then it was just joey odessa and over at major wager and myself over at the rx with uh ken weitzer and the rest of the group and then sbr came along and eog and covers was around and uh then after that me myself and joey both went in the um you know, odds making direction and working for sports books, and uh, then I became a sports book director, and uh, you know, here we are. But uh, I still like to give back, and I still like to give some free picks and offer packages. Um, you know, there's a lot of scam artists out there, but uh, you know, who's going to know um, where the edge is? Other better than the guy who makes the odds or directs the sports book. But uh, anyways, the reason why we're here, we're doing a very special show on WrestleMania 36. As me and Mike were just talking about, uh, there's a ton of crossover with wrestling and MMA. Um, A lot of guys don't like to admit it, (laughs) but, um, you know, myself, Mike, uh, his brother, a lot of the guys coming up we're wrestling fans you know and it, it was the time uh you know in the mid 80s early 80s we grew up with hulk hogan macho man andre the giant ultimate warrior i mean there were some some classic events between wrestlemania royal rumble survivor series SummerSlam. um we really witnessed some some amazing wrestling during that time and, uh, you know, it really got people into UFC and um, MMA in general. I, I remember I, I watched UFC 1 because of uh, wrestling. It was on the, um, the, the preview for the show. I, I don't know if it was on the pay-per-view they were advertising it or if... Um, it it showed a, an advertisement, and I ended up going to Blockbuster, and I ended up renting it, and then I started watching UFC Live, and then, you know, my friends were doing it, and that's that's how, you know, a lot of us got hooked. It was through the crossover from wrestling. and Yeah, I mean, the, the world's most dangerous man, you know, Ken Shamrock and UFC 1, with Hoist Gracie and them is that that's you know basically who founded the sport and he was a huge wrestler so it, it, it huge MMA influence in our opinion. You know when you go from amateur wrestling, you know there's only if you're the best in the world as either a collegiate wrestler or uh, an Olympian, you know there's only two ways to go if you want to do what you love and that's MMA or pro wrestling. Um, you know, and, and sometimes you get 
you know, look at Brock. He he got done with uh, MMA. His body was breaking down. He, you know, maybe he could get a payday here or there, but, you know, the daily grind for MMA that he would need to do, his body, you know, shut down at, at this time in his life. But the pro wrestling grind, the way he's got his deal set up, he can still make a nice paycheck with WWE. So, you know, that's what guys strive to do. You know, if if wrestling from an amateur level or, you know, even an Olympia wrestler, that's the best thing in the world. You can do what you love as a career for your whole life in UFC or WWE. And that's the pinnacle of both sports, MMA and, and pro wrestling, you know. Um, yeah, and, with, and like you said about Brock, you know, having a, a better, you know, contract. I mean, look, even tonight, you know, it, with WrestleMania, I don't know if you want to skip ahead or not, but he, I don't want to say results if we are. But, I mean, he, he didn't look as buff or as in shape as normal because he just needed to walk in there and you know, have a little short match, you know. Yep, and that's, you know, beautiful for him. Uh, you know, as a young younger Brock, he uh, put in the work and the time and, and, you know, made his name, right? And went into UFC and was a dangerous motherfucker, bottom line. And, yeah, he was, uh, he was scary. And, you know, now he's well sought after and... There was a bidding war for him, let's be honest. I mean, Seriously. UFC and Vince McMahon, they couldn't pay him enough money. And the deal that he cut was that he didn't have to be on the road like some of these guys. I mean, you know, you talk to a lot of the MMA guys that know pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is a fucking grind. It's no joke. Major. It, you're on the road, you're doing shows every night, you're taking bumps and hits and uh, jumping off the ropes and through tables and, you know... That's why they're all on steroids and painkillers. Exactly. That is why they're all on, on painkillers and roids because it's the only way to get through it and do that grind, you know, 365. Um, and, you know... That's why there's a big respect there between the MMA guys and the wrestling guys because there's that, um, you know, mutual admiration for putting your body on the line and, and doing what you love to make a living. Yeah, it's 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 pretty impressive the, the rate that they actually put out work and get thrown around. And I, I, I know people, uh, you know, it's not, MMA real real contact but man sometimes they they accidentally make real real contact or just the slams on the ground I mean I, it, it, when we were little kids getting slammed on the ground you know you recover pretty quick but we're not little kids anymore and as you age bro I mean I, I saw a couple hits today I think it was one of the, that that one of the bigger I can't remember if it was the guy who fought Goldberg or if it was Otis but either way, it was one of the big guys, and he he did he slid, you know jumped and slammed down on someone's rib cage, and I mean I don't care what you're doing that that three hundred pound plus dude on your rib cage does not feel good. Exactly, you know, and and even the the more crazy shit like uh, we saw last night with Kevin Owens off the WrestleMania sign thirty feet in the air. Oh yeah, that was nuts. I mean that's. You know, you can't think fake missed, that. And I think he actually missed the guy and actually hit more table, which was even more punishing. Yes, he did. It wasn't perfect. The landing wow. was not perfect. I mean, obviously they cut it. They cut it as it, he, you know, hurt the guy. But I mean, I was like, oh fuck, yeah, that fucking hurt. Well, that's one of the things you know that we can discuss, and and one of the things that I noticed was due to the fact that this was the only WrestleMania in history that was taped, they were able to clean a lot of that type of stuff up. If the wrestler missed or if there was a little botch job, they were able to cut the camera. Um, I think they the editor even got a little carried away at times where they, they were cutting too much. 
they were uh, they thought they were making some type of artistic masterpiece and they were jumping from camera view to camera view to camera view to try and create some type of effect um, I think it was good in in the certain aspects that they were able to make up for the mistakes but I think they got carried away in post-production yeah I mean I, I think I guess to argue for them it was without the fans the you know the fifty plus thousand screaming fans. Some some are crazy ignorant, which make it even better. Uh, it's just amazing to, to see how the entrances are in the pyrotechnics and all that stuff were just not as exciting for each of these athletes, and and not seeing those things made it for not as a not as an impressive as an event. But you can't really blame the organization or. Vince McMahon for any of that it was it was he did with what he he could with what he had and I I, I still enjoyed it but it definitely you know the graveyard match and uh John Cena's match and other ones that were more notable people that they spent more time on seemed to be much more uh, favorited for myself the only smaller match that I really cared about was like that that Otis one was kind of fun I know it didn't even get rated that high but I liked it yeah you know um we we talked about this before we started recording and we you know i made the point that i knew that the crowd not being there was going to have a major effect but i i didn't think it was going to have as much of an effect as it did and and you agreed with me on that point um you know it just was almost mind blowing um you can't make up for 85,000 people, 60,000 people, whatever. And WrestleMania is the largest spectacle of it all in pro wrestling. It is once a year, and it is the biggest show of them all. That's a I Super mean, Bowl. It's the Super Bowl of pro wrestling. People grow up as little kids and dream to be at WrestleMania uh, winning a championship. I mean, that is a six, seven-year-old's dream. Um, and, you know, you kind of have to feel bad for some of the guys. Like, look at Drew McIntyre. I mean, he wanted to be a pro wrestler. He reached the pinnacle of, of WWE. He finally got his big push. Finally. And they finally decided to take... The belt off of Brock, which you never know, because... I didn't think it was going to happen, but I was stoked. Yeah, you know, how many times did they give Brock a second chance, a third chance? You you thought they were going to give it to Roman Reigns, and, you know, I mean, so many times we thought the belt was coming off of Brock, and, and Vince, whether it was right, wrong, or indifferent, Brock remained champ. But, you know, Drew gets his shot, finally... And it's at WrestleMania, and there's no fans. I mean, it's <laughs> it's so lackluster. It's tough. But it's uh, tough. It, but he got that title. The the, the claymores that he laid down, uh, consecutive ones were were pretty mean because Brock's not a little guy, dude. No, he's not big guy. And dude. and neither is Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre's a big guy as well. Oh, I yeah. thought I thought the movement um, was pretty impressive. You know, for yeah. a big guy, he's, he's pretty athletic. Yeah, that's pretty. It they they have some big, impressive guys over three hundred pounds. It's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy to see because you know we have some guys in the UFC that are sloppy as fuck at two sixty five. Yeah, but you know, I I think in general um, that with with sports medicine and even sports technology as a whole. We've evolved, you know, if you look back at the 40s and the 50s and the oh, 60s, yeah. you know, compared to today, the monsters that we're putting out <laughs> in some of these sports, you know, some of these guys are just athletic freaks, you know, massive. they're massive and, uh, you know, with their reach and their um, athleticism. Like an and NFL... NFL linemen, bro, are just fucking huge. Gigantic, you know, and they've grown. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, 
I, I want to say they've grown about four inches or five inches in the last 40 years and they've gone up in weight uh, about 50 or 60 pounds. That's so, crazy. You know, just a, a, a massive difference. Um, but back to WrestleMania, um, I think uh, some of the guys would like to hear if we went through some of the matches on the card. So this is the uh, spoiler section. If you haven't watched WrestleMania yet, uh, you might want to turn this off and, and come back to hear the rest of the episode. Um, but we'll go through quickly some of the smaller matches and then we'll get on tonight too. Just to give our, our thoughts. Alexa Bliss, dude. <laughs> Alexa Bliss. Jesus. Everybody was talking about God Miss bless. Alexa Bliss. God yes. bless Miss Bliss. Yes, they even did the song for her. And, and Bowling for Soup was supposed <laughs> to come out. The band Bowling for Soup was supposed to be here. At oh, no. To no. sing the song Alexa Bliss for her entrance. That's a And picture. her big title shot moment but they had to cancel due to COVID-19 unfortunately That's, um, that means we would have saw more of her like walk in and like more of her yes 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 fuckers um, but you know she did uh, get a chance to win the, the tag titles for the second time yes, so that, that was pretty cool um Overall, I thought it was a good match. Um, you know, they they it seemed like they were trying to build Nikki Cross um, with, and and that's why they had uh, Alexa go on the outside for a long uh, a longer period of time, I should say, and they left uh, Nikki those, in there. Those Kabuki those Kabuki warriors are crazy little Jap what, Japanese, right? Yes, yes, yeah, Japanese. They, they, they remind me of just like what's that? There's a crazy Asian MMA chick, kind of like that too. I can't, I can't remember her name off my head. But yeah, dude, I just they're just they're pretty entertaining, man. They, those the Asian chicks. Yeah, and, and I think that's why they um, they left Nikki in there to take on both of them for. Uh, I, I it was it was pretty long. It was three four minutes. She was in there by herself. And I think that was to build up her character a little bit more. Um, and they got the win. Overall, you know, I'd say it was probably a, a B-minus type of match. It was, you know, solid. It wasn't spectacular, but overall, yeah. I thought the girls did a good job uh, to open the card. You know, you, you're not expecting fireworks for the opener on a 16-match um you know, yeah. event, but overall it was solid. I sorry, I, I got so excited about Alexa Bliss that the actual <laughs> uh, first uh, match was Cesaro versus Drew Golak, but the, it was such a retarded performance that we just uh, yeah, that was on the kickoff it. show. Um, yeah. that that was kind of uh, blah. Um, but once you saw that, you kind of knew what was going to go on in in the uh, Sami Zayn. Daniel Bryan match, and you could tell that they were going to give the push to the uh, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura side because yeah, the Bliss, the Bliss match. So we'll go back to that. Uh, it definitely wasn't the best, most like lack or great performance with a bunch of cool things. But obviously, just seeing Alexa, always I'm just you're just excited to see her. <laughs> yeah. Um... That was good, and then after that, we had the King Corbin versus Elias match. Um, Corbin uh, came out, and he was demanding that he was should be declared the winner by forfeit, and uh, they tried to play on with a little, um, a little decent or different type of entrance. Um, but then Elias came out, and and Corbin acted shocked. Um, it, it was a decent match. Uh, I kind of say it was a C minus. It felt a little bit uh, long for the mix of styles. I didn't think um, both wrestlers complemented each other's styles very well. I, I thought uh, they kind of clashed. Um, 
Watching uh, Elias uh, hit Corbin with the guitar in the beginning, that was the best part. Yeah, that was pretty much the best part. And then it went downhill <laughs> from there. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know why, dude, but I fucking love when they hit people with those things. <laughs> Honky Tonk Man style. It's fun to watch, dude. I don't know why. Uh, the next match after that was the Raw Women's Championship with Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. That was a weird match. Um, you know, I I liked the ending. Don't get me wrong. I thought the ending was slick. But just the way that they built up Shayna Baszler from Elimination Chamber. I mean, she beat five women or six women, whatever it was, in the Elimination Chamber match. Then she, you know goes on here and everybody's thinking that she's gonna beat Becky Lynch just due to the brutal beatdowns leading up to the event on SmackDown and Raw. She was dominating her even in this match. Yeah. And out of nowhere, Becky does the uh, reversal and gets the slick pin. Uh, but dude, she, I don't know about what it is, but Lynch is, she's so, I, a sexy redhead chick, dude. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I, I have a thing for redhead girls. Like just, there's always one or two really bad ones in your life and she could be one. Well, we'll have to give a, a shout out to our um, team member, Mr. Uh, Super Tip Star, Supar Tip Star, Tip, I should Tippy. say. Yep. Mr. Tippy, his, uh. Dublin, Ireland girlfriend over there, Miss Becky Lynch. Lucky bastard. Uh, yes. In quarantine with her right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's uh, from Ireland and she's a hell of a wrestler and uh, she looks pretty damn good as well. And Baszler was throwing some mean uh, punches in the beginning of that match too at her. Yeah, she was. Uh, I think Baszler's going to be a decent talent in WWE. Um, she's ugly, dude. She's got a weird uh, look and face. She's so ugly, dude. She reminds me of something off the 100 show on Netflix. Yeah. Where trying to survive. Well, she's not a looker by any means. But you uh, need her in your tribe to kill people is what you need. Hey, Ronda keeps her around for a reason, you know? Shit. So They're a good uh, team. And she she's done good at uh, she did pretty well at Next, and that's you know as we all know the WWE development ground. Uh, dude, I don't uh, the next match, dude. I I, I like Daniel Bryan's wife. <clears throat> I don't. He's all right. I I don't get it, dude. I I don't I don't I, get his get up. I don't yep. like it. I don't want to like it. It reminds me of a guy walking around in diapers. I don't know, dude. I I don't know. I I love. The Bella Twins, I've been a big fan of. I'll watch every single one of their shows on E. I don't really, you know, it doesn't bother me when Brian is himself in, in person as a real person. But his gimmick is stupid, dude. I Just lame. I, I never got into the Daniel Bryan. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I never got into the whole gimmick. Um, I felt like for it. the guy. Don't get me wrong. I, I Like oh, yeah. you said, uh, you know... Uh, as a person, he's a great guy. He went through a lot. His dream from being a little kid was to become a professional wrestler. He had a rough road coming up in the sport. When he was signed by WWE, he was arguably the best independent wrestler in the world. So he paid his dues. Everything about the guy you can respect and feel for him. And then he had the bad injury where they, you know, he was told by doctors that he would never wrestle again and he was able to come back. He's still banging a Bella, dude. So it's like, everything's good. Yeah, I mean, you know, Every, everything's e good. Everything's good except for the guy's I gimmick. <laughs> I, except I, yeah, for his gimmick. That's it. His gimmick is bad. It's it. But I guess his girl's goods are so good that his that just makes his gimmick okay. Yeah, I I don't know, but uh, I Shop. would like to see them do something different with him. Um, uh, I, I don't uh, know what, but I, I would like to see something different. Uh, they, maybe they a need mask. To, they, they need to bring the Bella his 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 wife just and put her put him on his arm her on <laughs> his, her his arm so at least we have something to look at. Yeah, something something. That's that's my. Uh, 
But yeah, that match uh, was pretty weak. Um, it, you know, it was basically uh, Sami Zayn and nonsense with the, uh, you know, with Nakamura and Cesaro outside, and then they they caused the big distraction, and uh, that was pretty much the match. Um, you know, nothing about it was spectacular. Uh, you know, solid technical wrestling, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not going to say that the, the wrestling itself was bad because, you know, Daniel Bryan is a terrific wrestler. But nothing about it made me excited. I really didn't care about it. If I was, if I had to pick one or the other, I would say I probably would have rather Daniel Bryan win the Intercontinental title. But... It didn't happen that way, and they had the outside distraction with Cesaro and Nakamura. It, it was just kind of weak. I, I wasn't really too thrilled about it. Oh, we totally forgot. What were our four bets uh, for this this first night of WrestleMania? The four bets for the first night of WrestleMania, we went 4-0, and which four was and a, baby. a great night. We had uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, minus 160. Yep. We, we had Becky Lynch, plus 160. We called the, uh, the title retention there. We had Elias beating King Corbin, minus 245. We laid the pretty big number. It opened much better, but uh, I was pretty confident that he was going to win. And we had, the, we had the next match with The Miz, and who missed because of uh, an illness, with uh, Morrison. And uh, what they ended up doing with that match was... They took it was it was for the tag team titles and they separated the teams as far as one representative for each tag team. So instead of the Miz and Morrison, John Morrison represented that team. Instead of the New Day, Kofi Kingston represented that team. Instead of Jimmy Uso um, and his brother, it was just Jimmy Uso. So uh, I was wondering what what was going on because I it said tag team and they were going for the belts up top, right? Yes, <coughs> it it was all due to the Miz's illness. I I don't know if he has COVID nineteen or if he has some kind of Probably. pneumonia. I they really didn't go into details. Um, but oh, the it, Miz's wife probably told him to stay home. Yeah, who knows? But. Uh, Either way, he he pulled, and um, they did the one representative for each team. I thought the latter match was pretty good. It was pretty entertaining. I, if I had to give it from a, an A to an F, I'd probably say it was a, a B plus or an A minus. I thought the action was pretty good. Um, but Morrison won that. Uh, basically, lost. He didn't. He didn't really win it, but he won it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought the ending was tr tremendous. The way that, um, you know, that's never happened before in history of ladder matches where the guy will, will climb to the top of the ladder, uh, grab the belts, and then uh, all three guys would be fighting for the belts at one time, and then he falls off the ladder, but the belts fall down on top of him. I Cool. I've never seen that before. It was it was definitely cool. It was a interesting way to end the match. It took um, me a, mom a moment to realize I was like, oh shit, the dude on the bottom looks one. And and I think that was the point of it because the you know even the announcers kind of gave you that minute, uh, you know, that brief second to before they spoke up. And I, I think that's what it was supposed to be, where you're like, what? Who who won? And uh, I thought they did a, a pretty good job of selling that. And, and overall, it was a, a good match. Uh, the 24-7 championship match came after that with the Mojo Raleigh thing. Um, I don't know. I think the 24-7 championship is corny. It reminds me of uh, back in high school. I, I went to a pretty big high school. We had over... Uh, I didn't even know what it was until last night. 
Yeah, we had over 2,400 kids, you know, as a city high school. And, you know, that was the second time in my life that wrestling was big. So, you know, it was when I was younger, it was Hulk Hogan. And then, you know, as I got older and I was in high school, it was uh, Stone Cold and, and you know, Shawn Michaels and The Rock and all that. And uh, NWO. And um, it was crazy. I watched. I don't know if you do. I watched live. It was Bret Hart who uh, fell from the ceiling and died right and hit the the pole. Owen Hart. Yeah. Owen Hart. Yeah, that's right. Owen. That that shit was crazy, bro. They, they just cut. They just stopped the pay per view. Yeah. That's uh, you know, and that that's why people thought that there was no chance of WrestleMania getting canceled because with yeah, Vince he died. McMahon, the show must go on, and if if somebody can die in the ring and and they can you know continue with the show well ain't no virus gonna hold us back now <laughs> you know and nope. uh that's where we were but uh, as i was saying in high school uh, they they i don't even know who bought it but one of the kids bought a, a replica title and they would walk down the hallway with the title right oh god and um you know it became like a contest so you know uh one of the jocks would smack into the kid smack him in the head knock him to the ground somebody would count <laughs> real quick and he'd run off with the belts right and then uh, the next day, kid would be walking through school, and somebody else would see him, and he'd want the belt. So he'd sneak up from behind, and he'd take the belt, and he'd run, and then he'd be uh, the champ that day. That's kind of funny, actually. A and that's what this 24-7 bullshit reminds me of. It reminds me of being a dumbass in high school, <laughs> walking around with some meaningless replica title. I yeah. mean, well, the high school is actually more fun. This is stupider in real life now. Th this makes no sense. I mean, I've seen some, don't get me wrong, I've seen some angles which I thought were pretty funny. The one before this with R-Truth, he they the referee was driving the car and they pulled up and uh r-truth got out of the trunk and pinned uh roderick moss and and r-truth called him randy moss and he got in the car and drove away after he won the title i thought that was pretty funny um but overall it's a stupid gimmick and it's a title that nobody cares about now now gronk is the champ uh, you know, Mojo Raleigh was the champ last night. Now Gronk's the champ tonight. It, it's just corny, and I don't know. I'm not a fan of that 24-7 championship. Uh, after that was the match we talked about earlier, which was the Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins match with Kevin Owens going off the WrestleMania sign. Oh, that yeah. was probably one of the highlights of, of the first night of WrestleMania 36. That, that was by far the most entertaining thing thing that i saw it reminded me of mick foley going crazy off something yeah it was it was tremendous it was like a old school ec dubs ec dubs moment um you know i i thought it was new jack coming off the balcony all over again yeah uh, his back his back is fucked to tell you that yeah it, but it was tremendous it was well worth it and yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> that was a great match and probably the best of the first night um, Goldberg versus Strowman was next. It was pretty rough. Uh, you know, when you got a 53 year old guy in there against Strowman, Strowman's a great wrestler, don't get me wrong. Um, he's a big guy, he's not very mobile though, which we all know. Poor Goldberg, um, man, he's so old, he needs to go, he needs to go sleep. Yeah, Strowman was it. deserving of the title as well. Like you said, Goldberg needs to pack it in. Um, Strowman was deserving of the title. He's been around for a while. He, it was good to see him get the push. I think if Reigns actually, because that was supposed to be the original matchup, it was supposed to be Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, and Roman Reigns, as some of you may or may not know, had leukemia and he was in remission, and due to the chemotherapy, it beats up your immune system. So, due to COVID 19, he was worried about possibly, um, you know, getting sick due to being immune compromised. 
So he pulled out of WrestleMania 36, and they replaced him with Braun Strowman. So the match had no build-up because it was a last-minute thing. So they it had was, no was, way to really sell the story along. It was garbage, but the next one was the least fun. Yeah, the the match in general was just garbage. Um, the next match, though... You're right, was the uh, Undertaker and AJ Styles Boneyard match. Um, I I love the cinematic shit, dude. I just love watching them when they really put time into Undertaker shit. It's so fun. I thought it was tremendous. I thought they did a great job. You know, Taker is older as well. And they did a great job of selling him as a badass. The way that, you know, he popped up behind... Um, AJ Styles on the tractor. I yeah, thought that was badass. Well, yeah, because thought, AJ thought he had him finished, but it wasn't even him. Yeah, he thought he was going to bury him with the with the dirt, and all of a sudden, <laughs> here's the taker right behind him. I so, thought that was badass. The way that they fired off the pyrotechnics on the roof of the barn, I thought that up, was badass. He cruised up on his Harley. Uh, the way that he... he the way that he left, too, it was like he was riding off into the sunset. It kind of yeah. gave me that vibe, you know. Yeah. So um, it, it was just, it was great. And even the way they merged the character. It was a little bit of old school Taker with Paul Bearer. And it was a little bit of American Badass uh, Undertaker. It, it, it was cool. Yeah, the whole thing, the character, the way they did it, the cinematic approach, everything about it, it it was a great way to end the first night of WrestleMania 36. It made me feel a lot better about watching it. Yeah, exactly. I agree. It made it worth it. Yep. Um, night two tonight uh, kicked off with Liv Morgan and Natalia on the kickoff show. Um, overall, I thought it was pretty weak. Uh, Natalia is just annoying to me, dude. Yeah, it, you know, it's Jim Neidhart's uh, daughter, so I, I, know. I respect I know. her for that reason. It's the only reason, but other than that, we wouldn't even like the little troll. Yeah, you know, and you're right. The The reasons why I like her is because of that. You know, <laughs> she, she put on the sharpshooter and I, I was, you know, excited to see her throw on the sharpshooter. That, then they had the back and forth chain of reversals, which was pretty stupid. And, you know, Morgan ended up uh, nailing the cross-legged roll-up for the win. It was... Um, I'd say the match felt a little better than the Cesaro and Drew Gulak match. I think it was more substantial, if you can use that word. Um, but it was still still wasn't very good by any means. It was just better than the, the first kickoff match from night one. Um, the Rhea Ripley-Charlotte Flair match... Uh, it was 30 minutes long. I thought it was a little too drawn out. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the smacks and the squeals and the... (laughs) The tennis match. Yeah, I just... (laughs) I didn't like that. I don't understand what the strategy is from WWE with giving Charlotte Flair the next title. I kind of feel like it's a demotion. Um, this was one of the bets that I had wrong. I ended up uh, giving out for free um, the Rhea Ripley pick. And what sucked is... I, I, it was a close match anyways, you know. I gave it out and it was uh, minus 190 or minus 210. It, it was a favorite and literally 10 minutes after I gave it out, I saw the line drop to uh, $1.40. And I, I knew we were screwed. As, as soon as I saw that, I knew it it we happened. were losing. Um, but Especially like I said, 4-0. yeah, you know, you have 4-0, so you, you're going to have a 
you know, just the way it goes. You're going to have some losers. Well, th but, this, uh, is, this is why Prime teaches us exactly about a bankroll, you know. If you hit, you know, you got to make sure to hit the system and have all four of those bets last night. So then you go ahead tonight and you put them out and then you don't have ammo for the next day. Exactly. You know, if you go one and three or two and three tonight, yeah, you ended up good, you know. Um it's the people who hurt themselves. Oh, he went 4-0 last night, so let's go bombs away tonight because he knows yeah. what he's talking about. Well, regardless of whether I know what I'm talking about or not, the average sports better is lucky if he wins 6 out of 10 bets. You know, yeah. there, there's a fine line there, and, uh, you know, long-term, you're... It's betting. You're, Long term, you're lucky if you hit 56, 57 percent. So to think that, you know, any event is more important than another and you should go bombs away is just foolish. But uh, anyways, I the match just screwed my head up. Um, I, I didn't understand why they this was another WWE build up thing. Um, it was the same thing as Shayna Baszler. They spent six months building up Rhea Ripley, the uh, not the Elimination Chamber, but the uh, Women's War Games match. Uh, she was dominant there. They ended up beating Team Baszler. She got this big, big push in next, and then all of a sudden they make her job for Charlotte Flair. Which, why is Charlotte Flair getting the title now? It, it's kind of like... That last Shev, name. It's like Shevchenko, though, losing the title in UFC and then going down to Invicta to win the Invicta flyweight title. It makes no sense. Charlotte Flair already was a two-time next champion. Then she became the SmackDown champion, the Raw champion... I mean, she's been a legit woman's champion. So to go backwards and go to the feeder organization to be their champion kind of seems like a demotion and, and a, like they're spitting in her face. <laughs> Maybe they're trying to do the same thing they did with her father, you know, like 16-time champion. Yeah. Um. But it just didn't make sense to me to build up Ripley for as long as they did and then just dump her and, and give Flair a meaningless title. Um, maybe they have other things in mind going forward with SummerSlam. Maybe they're going to give Ripley a promotion up to the big show. Um, but that was the whole reasoning behind my bet, and I'm I'm still very surprised at the outcome from that match. It is what it is, but this next match was a lot of fun, even though I don't like the fat slob Otis. <laughs> yeah, Otis and Dolph Ziggler, I thought they did a great job there building up the storyline. They had um, about a month, uh, six weeks to build it up, where... Uh, he was trying to take her out on Valentine's Day. Uh, Otis and Mandy Rose, he had the big crush on her, wanted to take her out for Valentine's Day. And um, then they had the whole... Uh, her friend, Sonya Deville, was uh, getting in the middle and she was deleting text messages. And then Dolph Ziggler swooped in and stole the girl... Um, you know, so it was like the pretty boy steals the girl and the fat, simple slob guy loses her. And then tonight was <laughs> like the culmination of it all. She found out on SmackDown that her friend was deleting her text messages. The truth came out. And then tonight she comes down and helps... Otis and, and kisses his ass, which and is yes, ridiculous. and was, kisses him. I knew when the bitch looked at him all weird. I fucking knew she was gonna kiss him, dude. I was <laughs> fat slob, but it was a great match, though. They I mean 
For, eh, for as big as he is, he moves pretty good, but it's incredible what a fat slob he is. He, he is a fat slob, but I think that's part of the gimmick, you know, with yeah, the short no, it, shirt. And, it's his thing. You know, um, and, and but they made you feel bad for him. You know, you wanted him to get the girl. That's what it was all about. No, that's why I, I, I you know, even though I dislike him as a fan, it was a good match. It had more meaning uh, than the other ones. So yeah. at, least, at least that that was cool because, uh, you know, not all. Yeah, the- he's a cool fat guy. You know, he's not like Bastion Booger, you know. Bastion Booger, I mean, that dude used to gross me the fuck out. I mean, but uh, Otis is kind of a cool fat guy. And like you said, he's strong and he's kind of mobile. And, you know, the storyline was good, so it worked. He's our Roy Nelson. Yeah, he is. He is. Um... The match that we missed was Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley. I believe that was for the before the Otis Dolph Ziggler match. If not, it was right after. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, but either way, that match was pretty good. Um, I thought it was going to be a squash match, the way that the odds were. Uh, Lashley Alist- was Lashley was throwing him around too, and then he lost. Yeah, and Aleister Black opened up. Uh, as I want to say, a nine to one favorite, and then was as high as thirteen and a half to one. I mean, massive, massive favorite. And the way that the match opened up, you would have thought that Lashley was the favorite. Um, he was throwing around Alistair Black, and it was a, a decent match. It was pretty exciting for two big guys. They moved pretty well. One of the better ones. One of the better ones. The ending I liked. I thought the ending was pretty good. Um, they're going to create a little tension there with Lana. If you remember, Lana was with Rusev. Oh, yeah. And do. then they did the... A blonde chick, right? Yeah, she was with Rusev. She could be hot. She's pretty hot. She could be. Yeah, she's not she, bad. She, she's bitchy, though. She's one of those bitchy girls that's pussies all dry. Yeah, that that was the thing with her. Um, she has the attitude, and I think that's why they did that storyline with her, where there's going to be either Lashley's going to dump her, or it's going to start some type of feud, because she was the one, when he was in control, she told him to spear him. And yeah. he did the spear, and he got caught. And that was the end of the match. And she was all disgusted looking at him, and he was looking at her like, this is your fault. Um, it was a good ending, I thought. It was it was creative. Um, the Edge-Randy Orton match was uh, weird. Whatever. It was a match that the build-up was good, the storyline was good, I was really looking forward to this match, and I know most people were really, really looking forward to the match. It could be the problem with the venue. Um, I think it was a no crowd, too, because a lot of the girls used to love Edge. Yeah. And, uh, and there was just a no screaming for him, and I don't know. It was just kind of it just It just is what it was. We got to get used to either no crowd or... or just pray to God we get a crowd soon because it's different. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was hard to get into the match. It felt like it dragged out. It felt like I don't know. It it, it didn't have that you know hardcore backstage war type match. You know, it was just. It was kind of weak for the build-up. And, it was and blah. It was blah. It, it didn't have the violence that it needed until the end. And, and then we have the next friggin' thing coming up, which is more Gronkowski again, right? Yeah, it was Gronk winning the 24-7 championship. And then after that, it was the Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory match, which... It was a weird match. Um, the Street Profits, I, I'm not fans of. That Bel Air that came out to help them at the very, very end, that's actually the uh, the skinny guy's girlfriend in real life. It, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, 
It's. Uh, I partly missed this one because I had to light the barbecue and get it going. I think this is the one I missed. Yeah, Montez Ford is the skinny guy. But anyways, Belair is his real girlfriend, Bianca Belair. Um, so that's why they kind of did the her her coming in. It was more for diehard fans. Um, so I guess that was kind of cool the way they did that. But overall. I don't know. The, the Street Profits just got the belt. I, I kind of thought it was going to change hands tonight um, for the fact that I thought the pricing was very good. The odds opened up at close to 6-1 to one with the Street Profits because they just won their titles recently. So the original thought was that they weren't going to drop them that quickly. And this was supposed to be... Uh, are back and we hit them somewhere you'll this, never find. This was supposed to be Andrade and Angel Garza, and Andrade got um, ended up having to pull out. So it wasn't his regular tag team partner with Austin Theory, but Austin Theory is a, a 22-year-old up-and-comer. So it kind of made sense with... Uh, Vega, she could have had a stable of three title contenders um, as, you know, the manager. So it would have made sense from a selling point and you could have set up a good feud. I was looking for the booking angle, much the same like I do with MMA. Um, you know, market analysis is very important. Uh, seeing where the money's coming in, line watching. Um but I also like to see why matchmakers or bookers are making the match and where they're going to go with it. I think that, that tells a lot of the story. Um, but it didn't end up playing out the way that I thought it was, and Street Profits retained their titles. Um, the match after that was uh, the Fatal Five-Way. Bailey, Sasha Banks, Lacey Evans, and Naomi. I like Naomi, man. I don't know why. Yeah, I like Naomi, too. I, I like Sasha Banks. Um, Bailey's all right. A lot of people thought that the match was good. Um, I thought it was pretty weak. I wasn't a big fan of it. Um who were the two uh, that were helping each other out at the Bailey and who else? Bailey and Sasha Banks. They're yeah, friends they were, in real They life. were like tag kind of teaming together in the beginning, right? Yes. Fuckers. And then um they... Yeah, and then they they did the thing with uh Lacey Evans and that whole thing where uh she missed the the knee and ended up hitting Sasha Banks, and that's how Sasha Banks ended up getting knocked out and eliminated. And uh, then Sasha came in and helped uh, Bailey, and there was like, I thought the feud was gonna set up tonight. I I thought there was gonna be, they were gonna break that friendship and they were gonna book a feud tonight. And I thought Sasha Banks was gonna win the title to set up that feud. I thought there was going to be a, some type of turning point, kind of like what we saw, but uh, coming from Sasha Banks' side, not Bailey's side. We saw the, the kind of beginning of that where they are at odds because, you know, Bailey cost Sasha Banks the match, not the other way around. Um, and there was that awkward look at the end of the match, but, uh, I don't know. I had high hopes for that match and thought it could be a lot better. Yeah, I thought so too. I I just like Naomi a lot. She's super sweet. Uh, yeah. I just, I really cheer for her even though she's, you know, they're going to win it often. A lot of the girls are, you know, I was watching the, uh, Vice, uh, Chris Benoit special and, um, you know, they were talking about woman, how woman was the one of the pioneers with Kevin Sullivan and and then later on uh, being with Chris Benoit and how, you know, she wasn't a wrestler, um, but she wasn't your average valet either. She was, um, you know, knew how to insert herself into the match at the right time. And they said today 
that would never happen. Today, if you're a woman and, and you matter, quote-unquote, you're a woman's wrestler. And from not only from this card, but the last few cards, uh, Women's War Games, Elimination Chamber, we really see that there is a lot of strong women's talent now in the WWE. A lot of these girls can can really hang with, not saying can hang with the men, but can hang on the same card with the men. They put Just on, performance. Yeah, they yes, they great put performances. on tremendous performance. They have heart. Um, you know, I, I enjoy... Not because of their looks. I mean, if they, you could look hurt. beautiful, but if if you put on a boring ass match, I don't want to watch it. Seriously, that's why I don't see Ronda Rousey in there every day. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the match, match. The next one was fun. Yeah, next match was good. It was uh, Cena and Bray Wyatt. Uh, it was another cinematic match like we liked. I think they did a really, really good job with both of them. Um, this was obviously way different than the Undertaker match in the sense that it kind of left you thinking, like, what the hell did I watch? Yeah, um, no, this was way different. Yeah, I, it was nothing of the norm. Yeah, it... Um, but it was great. The way that they played it out, it was very artistic. I love John Cena, so I he could be saying the stupidest shit, and somehow I just eat it up. The way they did the character progression with Cena, going through his career, I thought was great. Um, the way that he... His outfits were cool. Yeah, going... And that was that's what I'm referring to with the character progression. It was like yeah. early Cena to rapper Cena to <laughs> Cena now. I thought that was great. Um, the way he did the, uh, the crack about uh, Bray Wyatt, um, you know, before I thought was real good. And just the way that they they ended the quote unquote match, it it was bizarre and it was very effective in my opinion of doing something unique um, without a crowd and executing. And I thought from all angles, WWE did a tremendous job here. Yeah, the graveyard match on that one. They spent a lot of time on it. There, it was fun. Yep. And uh, finally was Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. And, uh, you know, we briefly covered that already. But uh, I, I thought that that match overall was pretty strong. I, I was happy to see Lesnar finally drop the belt. Um, I thought that, you know, McIntyre, like we said, was very athletic. Uh, hitting the Claymores. Lesnar with his F5s, multiple F5s. It was a pretty fast pace type of match, which was good. It didn't drag on. It uh, For two big guys, they were athletic, they were strong, and they much, put on a much, good show. Much more realistic, though, when two big guys are hitting each other for them to end fast. Yes, exactly. And uh, I thought they did the right thing there by not dragging it on and just ending it. They they got what they wanted. That McIntyre guy, though, is pretty, pretty impressive. He is. He came a long way. Um, in one of the lead-up videos, they were showing him early in his career, and he was way skinnier, and he talked about... Vince McMahon telling him that he was the future of the company. And I want to say that was, he says it in the video, but it was oh, like cool. six, eight years ago. And he said, and how many titles have I won since Vince told me that? Zero. <laughs> well, today's and the day. Today was the day that uh, he became WWE champion. So overall, I mean, I thought it was a, a good WrestleMania. I wouldn't say it was great. There were a lot of weak points, but there were some strong points as well. The cinem cinematic matches that we talked about, um, the championship matches, most of them were decent. Um, well, I had a good betting card. I went 4-0 on my personal picks yesterday. 
The free picks didn't go too good. Went one and three on those. Um, but two and three on the day overall. I had the Otis pick, but it opened at, uh, I took it at 185 and then woke up today and saw it moved all the way to 420. So there was no real value to give out that at this point. Um, but four and oh and two and three, you know, six and three overall in WrestleMania. I'll take that any day of the week. Hit, oh, hit a couple yeah. decent sized dogs. Um, and we had good entertainment, you know, with the way that everything has been going. Everybody is stressed out. Everybody's upset. There's no sports. People are struggling in all aspects of life. And yeah, just, this, was, this was just for fun. I mean, this it's not like we bet WrestleMania wrestling all the time. I mean, we, we prime focuses on what he's best at. And to me, that's NASCAR and playoffs of NCAA, football, NFL. Yeah. There's crunch time. That's when it's prime time. Yeah. Main events or UFC, you know. So, make, so before I forget to make sure you guys all go uh, subscribe, uh, uh, rate and review the podcast. Make sure you go to MMAformoney.com and get yourself a package if you don't already have one because uh, the money making season is about to begin. Yeah, I can't wait until this uh, COVID-19 shit is finally over with. We can go back to normal, regular lives all over again. We get to see sports. We can make some money together. Um, it, it's going to be a good thing. I'm actually going to do... I, I wanted to wait a little bit, but I'm actually going to do some discounts for everybody. Um, it is the 5th. Probably the middle to the end of the month, I'm going to do discount packages for people where if you buy now, since there's nothing going on, um, you'll save quite, quite a bit of money as opposed to if you wait for sports to come back. Um, I'm, I'm thinking somewhere in the range of like 40%, 30, 40% you'll save on the package, which is and, huge, which is huge. And to give you guys a, an example, um, this year with NASCAR, if you came in and bought a ultimate package, the ultimate package, the most expensive package, if you bought that, at the start of NASCAR season, you would have already paid that off in the first month. Easily. And everything from there on would have been profit. You know, people talk about, oh, why do you have to sell picks if you make money? I do it for one reason and one reason only. I don't need the money. But I do it to help my parents out. I, I don't have to go into the whole story, but my father's sick, and the money goes to them. It's direct yeah, deposited for, into their bank account. It's for proper Papa Prime with legit stage four can emphysema, right? Yes, stage four and, emphysema. And, uh, working in the mines, not from smoking cigarettes. He's a great man. Uh, it's it's a for real thing, you know. And also, Prime puts a lot of time into the stuff too. It ain't like he doesn't sit there and spend a lot of time reading lines and watching tape and doing all the things he needs to do to make these picks happen. Like I said, you watch him hit these NASCAR ones and it'll make you a believer real fast. And hey, let's be real, you know, in any other industry, right? If we're talking finance, uh, your financial advisor, he makes you money and you have no problem paying him. Your realtor, he saves you money on your house. You have no problem giving him a cut. In any other industry, people make you money and they get paid. In the sports betting industry, we're looked as paupers or, or, or shamed because we sell picks. It's kind of fucked up. I mean, don't get me wrong. I realize there's a lot of scammers. And yes, they give people a bad name. But, you know, when you look at somebody like myself, 20 years in the industry, worked as one of the first MMA odds makers out there, Current sports book director. I mean, my life is this industry. You can go on my Twitter favorites and scroll down and see thank yous for paying for people's mortgages, car payments. You'll see UFC ex-champions and current champions thanking me, athletes, and down players. the list. So 
obviously I'm not a scam. So then what's the problem? Are you just too stubborn to pay the money? Well, if you're too stubborn to to pay a little money to win a lot of money, then you don't deserve to win. That's just the bottom line. And yeah, you might I think, be in broke. I think a lot of people just don't understand that also it's a system, you know. And you've got to follow the system and have the bankroll to invest in that system and play the system. So you can't be you can't bet three times and of course you could have three losses. Then you could go on a streak of 10 in a row wins. So if you don't follow the system and you just quit the system, it could fail you. That could be your fault for being a quitter. So you got to understand betting, keep a bankroll, do smart bets, and just trust the people that have put the time into it. But it's been a a pleasure here having you, Prime, and being able to talk about this uh, WrestleMania. And tomorrow we will be hopefully recording with one of the greatest of all time, UFC 1 and UFC 5 as well, and many other UFCs after that uh, or events. So I just uh, can't thank you enough for coming on live and being a part of the podcast. And uh, can't, you know, thank you enough for being my friend. I love you, man. Thank you, brother. I love you too. And uh, the only thing I, I have left to say is... Uh, why did it take 30 weeks for me to get invited to my own damn podcast? That's some oh. real bullshit. Oh, shit. I, that's all Bob's fault. He's not here, so I blame him immediately. Always blame the quietest person in the room. There or, you go. Quite a pers- quietest person in the group, actually. He ain't in the room. <laughs> so, but uh, I know, dude, 30 freaking weeks. But actually, it's kind of funny because it's a perfect number to have you in at. And then the number 31 is going to be another great. So hopefully this all works out tomorrow and you guys hear more of us. But just uh, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. And uh, let's roll. Mm-hmm.